Looks like my mic's going in and out. I don't know why, so we'll just deal with it. The battery's good. I checked it. All right, so we are in a study on the spiritual gifts, and we will be looking at the gifts of exhortation and mercy today. The gifts of exhortation and mercy. Now, I'm going to test your guys' memory. Who remembers what we when we last study of the spiritual gifts? It was two weeks ago. We had uh, two topics. If anybody brought their paper with them, they would remember. It is, any, any guesses before I tell you? No guess. It was ministry and giving. That's what we talked about last time. And uh, so far we have t- covered prophecy, teaching, evangelist, pastor, ruling, ministry, and giving. Uh, and again, look at exhortation and mercy. And review ministry first before we topics. So, what is the gift of ministry? Does anybody remember we talked about this? Anybody remember what we went over? Kind of like a brief definition. Ministry. Has any guesses? I'll take guesses. It is uh, doing the work of a servant. It's serving others, helping others, uh, and serving God. Uh, Now, do you have to hold a title or a position to be able to use this gift of ministry? Think you have to have a title? No, exactly. Uh, I served in many different ways without having any real uh, title or position for most of my life. Uh, I never really had a position. you know, all those years I served God, I did many different things. I served others, I helped others. Uh, you don't have a title uh, to be able to uh, use the gift of ministry. Now, does anybody remember some ways that Paul ministered? And you can go ahead and open your Bibles to Romans chapter 1 and read through verses 9 through 12. And in those verses, you'll see some of the ministered. Chapter 1, verses 9 through 12. Go ahead and read through that. And if you see anything in there that Paul was doing as part of ministry, of ministering to others, to the people there in Romans. Uh, just go ahead and shout it out or raise your hand, whatever you want to do. Yes, in the back. Yes, yeah, he was. Uh, that is always a goal of Paul everywhere he went uh, to teach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Serving, yeah. He was uh, serving there. Anything else anybody sees in there? Praying, yep, yeah, I have that on there. Praying for them, praying with them. Anything else? I think I have a couple more. Yeah, uh, I have in there, how do I word it? Uh, teaching them about the spiritual gifts, teaching them of the spiritual gifts. Mm-hmm. In the back again. Yes, and I'll talk about that in just a little bit, but yes, that is part of it as well. Anything else? I'll go over my list in a second here. Most of what you said is in there. 
I put praying for them, strengthening them, establishing them of the spiritual gifts, specifically there. Uh, he encouraged them, which is very uh, helpful. Also received encouragement himself from them. Uh, so we can see that part of the work of ministry will directly involve our fellow Christians, our brothers and sisters in Christ. Uh, we are strengthening them, establishing them, and teaching them. We need to encourage each other as well. Uh, what was the ministry work Paul did in his later years? Can anybody think of some of the things Paul did in his later years? And this kind of goes with, it, it's Stephanie, right? Your name? Stephanie? Yeah. This is what uh, Stephanie was saying about uh, writing uh, the letters to the churches. And think about it. He did that 2,000 years ago. And it's still part of the service and part of the work of the ministry now. It's serving us and helping us and teaching us even now. So, so that you might be called to do might go on for years and years and years like it did uh, for the men that wrote the Bible. Uh, but anybody remember anything else about the later years of what he did as ministry? Yeah. Yeah, he reached out to uh, that group of people. Yep. Mm -hmm. Anything else? Uh, I always uh, look at the part of where Paul was helping the next generation of preachers. Uh, he educated the preachers. He encouraged them. Uh, needed uh, in any age back then, even today, uh, encouraging them is very well, very good. And also, I wrote down that he wrote the letters to give guidance to in direction to the servants, uh, including the Christians that are in those churches. And again, then and today, we're still using. Paul's letters that he wrote, the work that he did, the, the service that he did for the Lord, we're still using today. All right, so that is what uh, is all about. It's all about giving and serve. I mean, serving God and serving others. Uh, so let's review the gift of giving now. Uh, so uh, just easy question to start it off with. Give. Mm-hmm. Yep, that pretty much covered I I narrowed it down to your possessions, uh, money, or things you have. Uh, so you can give that, and you can give of yourself, which would be your time, your energy, even your uh, the, the things that you can, uh, that in your mind, your wisdom, that you could give to others to help them also be included in that. Now, what is the most important thing to know about uh, concerning giving, uh, and you can find this in Exodus nine uh, 19.5. If you want to look these up, you can kind of give you a hint on what you should uh, know. It's an important thing about giving. Exodus 19.5 would be the first uh, location. Uh, that That is absolutely true, and, and, and what is the reason for that? Why can you not outgive God? This is what I'm trying to get to. Exactly, exactly. That is what I'm trying to get to. Exodus 19.5, you'll see it in there. Job 41.11 is another passage in Psalms 24.1. We covered all those two weeks ago when we went over giving. And it basically, when it all boil, we all boil it down, it all belongs to God to begin with. Uh, everything 
that we are, everything we have, everything we see, it is all God's. It's all God's, and it all belongs to Him. Uh, so that's the first thing we need to know when thinking about giving. Anything that we give, it belongs to God already. Uh, so we can God when giving to uh, or we can also share what belongs to God to others when we give to others. Uh, we talked about giving to God and God's work. Uh, what are ways that we can do this? What are ways that we can give to God or give to God's work? Mm-hmm. What uh, specifically can you give to? Maybe, maybe you're going to give financially to something. What are some areas you could give to? My muscles in my back. And I have sores in weird places. I've never been sore there before. I don't, don't know why that is. Yeah. I guess. Yeah, I was, I was kind of like dragging stuff up the steps at the end. So, Yeah, we can give to God by moving a church. Uh, that is definitely one way we can give to God. We give God tithes, just your regular tithes that support the ministry and the work of the church in general. Uh, we obviously have church with no electricity and no heat, but it would be a lot less pleasant and it would be a little harder to reach people. Yes, and and we'll see that, like, if we, if you look up giving, um, if you look up Paul and when he t- always starts off with the gospel. Anytime he goes anywhere, anytime anything starts off with the gospel. That's the most important thing uh, to, to uh, start with. Uh, we can also give in uh, supporting missions. Do that if, if you can't physically go out to the mission field. Um, and, and we all have a mission field somewhere, so I'm not saying that we can't do some type of mission work, even here uh, in the grocery store or wherever. Uh, but if you can't go over to Thailand, we can pay uh, or give money to help others and with the gospel as well. Also, uh, last week we had evangelists in, and we helped support them financially. They were here, and everybody gave money uh, so that they could continue uh, going. And I don't want to get too specific in their finances, but the amount that the church was able to give them helped pay for the two bills that they had coming up very quickly. Uh, so in, in one rent so they'd have a place to go back home to uh, when they were done so uh, they were they felt very blessed uh, they they were very thankful for our church and, and felt very blessed and uh, that's just a testament of, of you guys and, and your giving uh, so and, uh, others that are doing the work of the Lord uh, and we talked about you could give of yourself your time and your energy by doing things for God uh, you know, we, I don't know how many people cleaned yesterday uh, after we were done making a mess everywhere. Um, I remember when uh, when I was here, I would uh, set up for we'd have to use the same classrooms as Sunday school, but we had to convert it over to junior church in between services. So my job was taking down all the tables and the ch- uh, and then afterwards taking it all back down and switching them all back over. And that's just a way of giving of your time. Uh, for the Lord. Also, repair. Uh, a guy uh, switching doors. Around. He was over there, you know, hammering and chiseling at the door and, and making it work so that uh, when we 
have babies here. They can't just crawl right out the door, you know, so uh, helpful things like that. Lawn care, uh, preparing for service. I, I think this is something that get o- gets overlooked, you know, setting up the rack, uh, information packs ready, straighten up the sanctuary. I mean, if, some, if a visitor came in here and there was just, you know, books everywhere, like a bomb went off something, you know, it would be a lot, very distracting, if nothing else. Um, but uh, doing all of these things uh, helps uh, and it is a way to give back to God. Now, uh, what are some ways we could give others? And it kind of goes along with everything we've said already. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's just you have to kind of, well, some people are very good at this. I think those are the ones that are gifted in this area by God. Uh, but you have to actually look outwardly. Um, you know, we're trained to think, okay, I need to give to the church, I need to give to God. Now, sometimes we need to make ourselves look outwardly and like, okay, these people here might have some needs too. What can I do to help give to the people? Yeah, go ahead. That's true. It doesn't always have to be with money. Uh, sometimes the need is money. Maybe someone, uh, you know, just had a bill come up or whatever. Uh, but you can always give them right. Uh, and uh, very true. Um, so then the, one of the last things we talked about as far as giving. Is it a requirement? Do we have to give? Or is it just a good thing to do? Yep. Yep. Did you? Yeah, yeah, God says that he is capable of blessing us beyond what we can see. And he also calls it robbery to not give to God. In in Malachi chapter 3, we talked a little bit about that last time. Uh, other references would be Leviticus chapter 27, Second Chronicles chapter 31, and Luke chapter 11. Uh, basically, yes, we are required to expect us to give. Uh, it's not has nothing to do with salvation doesn't mean you're saved or not saved. Uh, it's just a way of being obedient to God. Also look at the early church and we see where he talks about their giving. You can clearly see where they give to support uh, the church. They all uh, in his ministry to reach others. Uh, and they even support each other. You can see that in people support each other. And all of that would be giving. Uh, so ministry and giving are both spiritual gifts, uh, but we should be involved in the work of the Lord in both of these areas. Uh, we are blessed in these gifts or not. Uh, sometimes you might think, well, that's not one of my gifts. Well, that doesn't get you off the hook. It doesn't mean you don't have to do this ever. Uh, it just, it, uh, to be involved at some level in these areas. We are all called to serve God and to give. Uh, God did not tell us that when we get saved, we could just sit around and wait for death or for Jesus to come. Uh, that's not how it works. Uh, Jesus 
didn't tell his disciples to and just lay around all day. Uh, he didn't do that. They got to work. They had things to do. Jesus asked them to work when he was here, and when he left, he told them, go get to work. Uh, it's not just laying around. Remember, uh, after Jesus left, Peter led about back to fishing, and fishing was their previous occupation, basically, in that sense that they were going to leave the Lord to go flowers uh, over here and they're going to fish. It was, hey, I'm going to be done with all of this stuff and I'm going to go back to fishing uh, for, you know, every day of my life. Uh, but Jesus, he came back and he had a meal with them and then he says, hey, get back to work. He didn't let them just fishing the rest of their lives. Uh, we have to keep working. Uh, we need to keep working until we get to heaven. Uh, some Christians are going to be blessed a little more than others in these areas. Uh, get exactly what he chooses to trust us with. Uh, and God, in his wisdom, has made the right choices there. Uh, sometimes we will have more, and we can do more, and sometimes we'll have less. It doesn't mean that we shouldn't do anything at all uh, just because we have less. In the parable of the talents, they all had different amounts. And if they, uh, you know, all would have trusted God, they could have all have heard, well done. Uh, the guy that had five talents, uh, he had the same chance, and he did good work with that, and he heard the same thing as the guy with five, the guy, or the guy with ten. The guy with five heard the same thing as the guy with ten. The guy with one had the same opportunity to hear those same words, right choices uh, to serve the Lord. Uh, so just because God gives us less, whether it's less money or less, uh, I kind of wish I had less stuff as I'm trying to move. Uh, it would have been helpful if I had nothing. Uh, but uh, if we have less, less abilities or, or whatever it is, uh, we are all expected to be good stewards of what God has given us, no matter how much it is. Now, uh, I feel like I can't sing as good as some others here in the church. Uh, we had the Grams, and they're very good singers, and I don't feel like I'm in their realm, you know. Uh, but that doesn't mean that I need to just keep my mouth closed and never sing. Uh, God has given me a voice. In my mind, it full as theirs, uh, but I still have to use it for God. And to be honest with you, I really can't stop myself from using my voice anyways. It's just something inside of me just says, open your mouth. When we start singing, I can't not sing. I just want to sing. Uh, and maybe we need... That to go around and everybody get infected with that a little bit. Uh, but uh, we, we need to use what God has given us. Uh, so let's move on to our two new gifts today. Uh, we can look at Romans chapter 12 and we'll start in verse 6. And we're going to look at the gift of exhortation. Uh, the gift of exhortation. Romans chapter 12 verse 6. As having then differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy, let us prophecy according to the proportion of faith, or ministry, let us wait on our ministering, or he that teacheth on teaching, or he that exhorteth on exhortation, he that giveth, let him do it with simplicity, he that ruleth with diligence, he that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. Now, at the beginning of verse 8, it says, or he that exhorteth on exhortation. That is one of the gifts that is given. So what is 
exhortation. I have a definition here for us. Exhortation is the action of being near someone, going to them or inviting them near to you and comforting them, uh, encouraging them, consoling them, helping them to be of good comfort. Uh, notice that there is two parts to this. Uh, first, you have to either be near them or invite them near you. Uh, in the day we live in today, uh, with the technology, and I, you know, Paul probably couldn't even comprehend it, uh, but we have technology now that you don't really have to be near someone uh, to talk to them anymore. Uh, and we can just text someone, we can just uh, call them, we could Facebook them or whatever it is that you're using. Uh, we can do all of these things, and really they are helpful. Uh, I have text uh, people in the past that are dealing with something or you know going through something, and I just want to encourage them and comfort them. And I think it was good. Uh, they at times said thank you for that. You know, it was an encouragement. So I I believe them. So I think it was good. I think it did do good. It was helpful. Uh, but how much better is it to look someone in the eyes and encourage them? I'm here for you. Uh, how much better is that than, you know, re again, reading it on a text is encouraging. But how much more encouraging is it if someone said it to your face? Uh, much more comforting to have someone take the time, uh, the give their time, sacrifice there a little bit to be with you and help you deal with the issues that you're going through. Uh, I've had hard days at work in the past, and I would call my wife on all my breaks uh, and I would talk to her about it, and it was always helpful. It was good to, to hear her voice instead of, you know, someone in the workplace that's, you know, making it harder to work and all that. And it was good to talk to her. Uh, one day, uh, she chose to show up with some burger and fries on my break, and, and that was way more helpful. I don't know if it was good or her, <laughs> but uh, it was way more helpful to be with her. <laughs> some of you caught up. <laughs> to be with her and she brought the kids were real little at that time uh, and uh, she brought them and it was just they thought it was so cool to see me at work and all that and I thought it was cool to see them uh, it was way more helpful than a phone call but the phone call is still good but it was just so much better for her to be there in person both are good and helpful we should use technology to our service to God and to each other uh, but we cannot forget about the benefit of being there in person possible we need to make the necessary sacrifices to go the extra mile put the extra effort in and be there for someone in person uh, so first we need to be there for them that's the first part of it exhortation also involves comforting them them and helping them to be of good comfort now if you're going through something sad or upset uh, if someone comes to you that is great, but each other may not be what is necessary or what is needed. Uh, there, there's probably some good to that, just being there for someone. And sometimes people don't really want to talk, and just sitting with them is uh, helpful. Uh, but to, to actually put some kind of extra effort in and some kind of action that goes along with that will help encourage them as well. Uh, again, just being is the first step and it is helpful and occasionally that may be all they want and that's okay uh, but it's also good to not just stop there when you can to go and help them uh, pray for them maybe pray with them helpful 
talk to them, uh, comfort them, help them. Uh, I think all of that would be even better just being there for them. Uh, go ahead and turn to First chapter 2. First Thessalonians chapter two, and we will start in verse one. It says, "For yourselves, brother, unto you that it is not in vain, but even after that we had suffered before and were shamefully entreated, as ye know, at Philippi, we were bold in our God to speak unto you the gospel of God with much contention." For our exhortation was not of deceit, nor of uncleanness, nor in guile. But as we were allowed of the gospel, even so we speak, not as pleasing men, but God, which trieth our hearts. For neither at any time used we flattering words, as ye know, nor a cloak of covetousness. God is witness. Nor of men sought we glory, neither of you, nor yet of others, when we might have been burdensome as the apostles of Christ. But we were gentle among you, even as a nurse cherith her children, so being affectionately desirous of you, to have imparted unto you not the gospel of God only, but also our own souls, because ye were dear unto us. Uh, so in this passage, Paul is speaking about his ministry to the Christians there, uh, which were part the church of Thessalonians, uh, Thessalonica there. Paul talks about his actions to these people. Paul talks about how he came uh, to them with a right heart. He talks about how he shared the gospel of Christ with them. Uh, Paul says later in this chapter that his words were uh, comfort to the believers. He encourages the believers. And as always, Paul is mindful of giving testimony of Christ at the same time very good at making sure he preaches just to everyone. Uh, in verse 3, Paul says the to them was not deceitful, it was not unclean, it was uh, not impure or guile or a trick. Uh, verse 4 says that the actions of the exhortation toward them was pleasing to God. Uh, verse 5 says that they were not trying uh, to say things just to make people happy. Uh, they were speaking truth. And the truth is what they needed uh, in that time to be truly happy. Uh, verse 6 says that they were not just trying to be noticed or get praise for themselves. Uh, they knew it wasn't really about them to begin with. Uh, verse 7, this uh, verse really gives us some insight into what exhortation is and what the person's heart should be. Uh, we see that care and concern. They were gentle for their caring for young children and being gentle with them and caring for them. Uh, the end of verse 8 says that these people were dear unto them. And this shows us the kind of heart you should have towards others all the time, but especially when trying to encourage them or exhort them. Uh, look at verse 10 now.
know how we as a father doth his children, that ye would walk worthy of God who hath called you unto his kingdom and glory. Now this shows us not only how we can exhort other believers, but also the reason why we should. Uh, verse 12 there says that we, ye would walk worthy of God who hath called you unto his kingdom and glory. So the ultimate goal, the end goal here, is that the one who needs the exhortation or receiving it uh, can have a pleasing relationship with God and continue to walk with God. Uh, we will, we don't all have the gift of exhortation, uh, but you'll notice that with all of these gifts, there is some level of responsibility for all Christians. Uh, we all should to help and comfort others. We all need to have some level of ability in the area of exhortation, but the fact is, that we're not all blessed the same, and we covered this in a but that doesn't matter. We still have some responsibility. Uh, some people are, uh, some people jump right in and always seem to have the right words to say, or sometimes the right words not to say. Uh, that's sometimes just as important. And, and they're just there at the right moment and say the right thing. Uh, some people aren't quite as great at that. Uh, some will have extra effort in, a little more thinking or, or, or praying on a situation maybe uh, when something comes okay God and he will help you uh, for those who are more blessed in this area keep looking for ways to use this gift uh, it, it's, it's a great gift to encourage others God gave you this gift for a reason and seek God and he will help uh, open your eyes uh, to see how he wants you to use that now we're going to move on to the gift of ministry if you go back to Romans chapter 12 again. Romans chapter 12, starting 6 again. And having, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy, let us prophecy according to the proportion of faith, or ministry, let us wait on our ministering, or he that teacheth on teaching, or he that exhorteth on exhortation, let him do it with simplicity. He that ruleth with diligence, he that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. We see in this passage that the gift of mercy is given to God's children. And with this gift, it says that it is required that it be done with cheerfulness. Uh, to show mercy is to show with word or deed. Um, the ability to show or have mercy on others comes down to the compassion that we possess. People with little or no mercy are not filled with compassion. They might be filled with other things that are taking the place of compassion. Maybe hurt. Maybe they got hurt along the way. Maybe it's bitterness. Maybe they're full of anger or jealousy or something like that. All of these things steal the place of compassion and it pushes it right out your life it hinders your ability to show compassion and mercy to others uh, people who show great amounts of mercy are people that are full of compassion uh, they have no problem showing mercy because of the amount of compassion in them so the requirement of being able to show mercy is to have passion uh, once you address the situation of the amount of compassion you do or don't possess you will be able uh, you will find it much easier mercy to others 
Uh, these acts of showing mercy will not come automatically, though. Uh, they will be much easier to do when you're full of compassion. Uh, and the amount of compassion you have will help, uh, but, you know, mercy is not automatic. You have to make a choice. It's, it won't be done automatically. Uh, you have to actually make a conscious decision to show mercy. You have to choose to open your mouth and say merciful things to someone. You have to actually choose to show merciful actions uh, to someone. Uh, look at Romans. Um, actually, for time, we don't have time to read all of it. Uh, so if, if you later this week have time, read through verses 9 uh, through 21, uh, and it will give you great insight into the kind of uh, attitude you should have um, in your Christian life, and it will greatly benefit your ability uh, to be filled with compassion and to show um, the first two verses, verses 9 and 10 there, it talks about love, a key ingredient to being able to effectively and we need both of them to be and uh, in verse 11, it, it reminds us to keep focused on serving the Lord in uh, doing what God has for us to do and to also keep serving others as well. Uh, when necessary, you can then show mercy as you're serving the Lord. Uh, if we're busy serving, a situation comes up uh, and that maybe we're going to need to give some mercy to someone. Uh, since we're serving God already and our eyes are already on him, it'll be natural for us to show mercy uh, because we will be immediately reminded of God and His great mercy to us. So stay busy serving God, and that will help you to be able to show mercy. Uh, the rest of the passage there talks about helping others, praying for others, uh, blessing others, rejoicing with others, uh, being with them when they are sad, keeping peace with everyone around you. And that seems uh, to be less and less these days. It seems like even Christians want amongst each other these days. Peace with each other. Uh, let's look at verses 19 through 21 here. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. For in doing so... It, for in so doing, thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. Uh, this is a great of mercy. Uh, someone has done you wrong. Uh, you might be in a place of making them pay for it, but instead you give it to God. Uh, then verse 20 actually tells us to feed our enemies. That is real mercy. Uh, verse 21 is, is a great verse. It, it talks about overcoming evil with good. Uh, mercy should be a part of every Christian's life. Now, uh, again, this is not connected uh, to salvation. Our ability to show mercy does not mean we're saved or not. Uh, but if we think about the great mercy that God has shown us and continues to show us, uh, we should be able to, and we should want to show mercy to others. Because God loves us so much. 
Uh, we are horrible. I'm horrible. I'm wicked. But God chose to love me anyways. God was merciful to me anyways. And, and he allows me, he mercifully allows me to live a pretty decent life, even though I don't deserve it. Uh, God showed us great mercy by making a way for us to obtain eternal life. Uh, God did not have to do that for us. Uh, but God, through his love and compassion for us, chose to show us mercy. Uh, God shows us mercy every time he forgives for messing up, for maybe sinning. Uh, God, when we make it right with him, and it remembers the sin no more. That is mercy. Uh, we deserve nothing better than punishment. But God's mercy allows us to escape that punishment. Uh, living with the knowledge that God has forgiven us, continues to forgive us and love us. Uh, God has shown us all this mercy. That should be all we need to be able to be merciful to others. We also should be aiming to be as Christ-like as possible. And Christ was a great example of mercy. Uh, when being wrongfully accused and arrested by his own disciple and the guards that were with Judas, uh, Jesus says that he could, if he had wanted to, he could have called 12,000 angels to come down and just take care of the whole uh, But Jesus had mercy. He chose to go anyways. Uh, Jesus is a great example of being in a position of being able to make someone pay for what they're doing. But instead, mercy. Interpretation of mercy both cause us to put others first ahead of ourselves, uh, to think of others, to put people in front of our own desires, our own feelings even. And all Christians are truly Christian, which means to be like Christ. Uh, we are like Christ if we mercy. Again, some more blessed because God plans to use these gifts in their life in a specific way, and that's why God gave them more. Uh, let's all remain thankful for God's mercy and use our gifts uh, to serve each other and to serve God. And let's use God's mercy as a motivation to help us be merciful to others as well. Amen. Let's pray.